Yeah, it's not just like he changes over the course of the movie. It's literally from sentence to sentence. (laughs) It's completely different. It makes me miss his characterization in Con Air, if that tells you anything. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name is DJ. My name's Damon. Hello. I started to trip up, so I started to articulate more precisely. I like that. It made me listen more intently. It's like when you trip on the sidewalk, but you you start jogging. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. everybody knows what just happened, but I'm going to just go a little faster. I mean, I feel we're just stealing that old Ellen Generous bit from the 80s, but you can also look behind you to make sure that everyone knows that you tripped over a specific <laughs> thing. You're not just like an idiot. This is an episode where we're going to talk about The Rock that we just tripped over, not the oh, film The Rock. Oh, you brought it back. You were able to yeah. rescue the bit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Our audience is probably mopping their brow now. They're like, whew, Ooh. that was harrowing, but they saved it. This is a movie from 1996 starring Nicolas Cage. Starring Sean Nicholas Coppola? Yes. Is that correct? Nikki, okay. Nikki Coppola and we're Ed Harris. Mm. And mm. more people, I assume. Sean Connery, the aggressively Scottish Sean Connery. And it was a movie that was well ahead of its time. Because while Rocky Maivia <laughs> was in wrestling at this time, he, oh, didn't, okay. he hadn't become yeah. quite you know, the right. upper echelon of, of wrestling like he became. And then, of course, okay. becoming Dwayne The Rock Johnson and then just Dwayne Johnson. We, we dropped The Rock. But don't mm-hmm. drop The Rock. Drop The Rock. Don't drop. Anyway, sorry. I got, <laughs> I got caught up. In, uh... I can go. I can just leave. <laughs> I got this you one, You seem Damon. to be doing banter <laughs> with yourself. Here's the problem. Yeah. Lay it on me. Because this is not actually about the wrestler of the rock, it is about Alcatraz. I don't have much to say about in the intro because I do mm. not remember mm. much about this other than Sean Connery has long hair at one point, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah. It's absurd that on It's its absurd face, that they try and trick me into thinking he has any hair most yeah. of the time. Like, come on. Yeah. Just give him the bucket hat from Indiana Jones 3. Stop trying to trick me. Medicine man. I remember them trying to, they put that lace front on Sean Connery. I'm like, not today, Satan. I know what's going on here. Actually, as a kid, it really threw me off. I was like, so is he bald or is he not bald? Because it was a 50-50 shot with Sean Connery in that era. And we got to, I mean, got to right up front talk about his willingness to- To beat uh, women? To beat women. And to, and to gloat about it? How cool he thinks that is. And uh, oh, yeah, I got to a... say, I don't think that's cool at all. So I'm going to just go ahead and take a stand on this right now. DJ, has anyone told you you're brave today? Because you are. You're one of the greatest heroes. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But yes. No, 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 no. Oh, he's dead. Don't forget he's dead. Yeah, Sean Connery is dead. I forgot he died. 2020. Yeah. Well, we lost a lot of people. It's hard to keep track. <laughs> Oh, feels good to laugh, says Damon. Um, <laughs> you laughed a little too hard. <laughs> how many people we lost? Yes, I have seen this movie. The weird thing about the 90s is we were very paranoid about terrorists, but not as paranoid as we should have been in retrospect. Yeah, somehow we, we were under... T- <laughs> we were underprepared but over-paranoid about terrorism, and we were very concerned that terrorists might take over tourist attractions, apparently, is the basis <laughs> of this movie. Because Alcatraz, even at this time, is not a working prison. It's a tourist site. You can go see, and, you know, mom will be like, we're going to Alcatraz today. And I'm like, mom, we can, can go we to Girardelli's first if you're good. Okay. Oh. Right. 
other side of town. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I have no idea. No one knows. Actually, it's so hilly. But we'll go down Lombard Street, and then we'll hit Girardelli's, and then we'll go to the Rock. Then for dinner, we're going to the Stinking Rose. So where's something nice? I don't know that one. It's an Italian restaurant I went to in, <laughs> in San Francisco. And we'll go I... to PPQ's Dungeness Crab Island. <laughs> We're going to walk the Golden Listen. Gate Bridge. We're going to stop a suicide. <laughs> I have it all arranged. It's part if of our lucky, B&B. They we'll send some a suicidal to... person down and we have to stop them. It's fun. They say it's fun. If you brush your teeth, we'll go across to Sausalito. <laughs> we'll get some of those cookies that they're always advertising. <laughs> We said I don't know in, why uh, my, my mom is slowly evolving into <laughs> Linda Belcher over the course of this this trip to San Francisco that we went on. This is only the barest tangentially related to what we're talking about, but that Sausalito commercial. Sausalito. From, yeah. That one? Yeah. Something happens. They're on an airplane and like the cookie gets flipped up in the air and it just lands on the guy's tray and he like looks down and from the angle it kind of looks like he's looking at his junk and he goes, <laughs> Sausalito. <laughs> we used to do that all the time. We'd like point at our which, we were mature children. Which one is the Sausalito cookie? Isn't it like got a bunch of different things in it, like nuts and chocolate chips and stuff? Oh, is it? Is it got macadamia nuts? I think so. Is that, I'm doing the hand thing, meaning the money, because of the macadamia nuts. They're so expensive. Sausalito cookie. This is important. This is Everyone. good. Keep this. This is all great. Oh, yeah. It's got crispy milk chocolate macadamia cookies. So- Crispy milk is that what you is that what milk you said chocolate. to me? Oh, okay. milk chocolate. So crispy milk. Anyway, The Rock, the movie. So yeah, I always get this one confused with Con Air. So well, one tell me, it tells you in the beginning it's it's in the air. This one's on a rock, and Ed Harris plays a terrorist. Boo. You're going to tell me there's no air in this movie? Is that what you're about <laughs> to tell me? Takes place in the vacuum of space <laughs> in San Francisco. Ed Harris plays a terrorist group that has taken over the titular rock. Mm -hmm. And Nick Cage plays the uh, from the government who needs to rescue the rock. But there's only been one man who ever escaped the rock when it was still a prison. And they need to get him. Sure. Guess who that is? Mishmashmoosh. Yeah. So they get him and they have to break into the rock to save the rock. Wow. I and like I bet some people guy. get shot along the way. Bald men can't trust him. Yeah, says Sean Connery with his long hair wig. Oh, I what don't your... like the look of that bald fella. What is... flawless, flawless? <laughs> what is your general vibe with Ed Harris? How do you feel about Ed Harris? In terms of could he get it? Is that what you're? Is that what you're asking? Listen, that was the answer. Subtext. The question. <laughs> That was the subtext, but yes. Is he wearing the Kangol hat from the Truman Show? Answer me that. <laughs> In this movie, I do not think he is. He can get it. Okay. Yeah, the Kangol hat is the deal breaker for you. He's That's got a LL good cool head J. shape. Get for, out of here with your muscles. I think sometimes bald men overestimate their head shape for like going a full hat, shave the whole thing. Yeah. But Ed Harris, I'm assuming he is completely bald in this. He may not be, but- He's got a good head shape. I feel like it comes to a slight peak, which is kind of like, yeah. okay, you were born vaginally, is what I, I take from <laughs> that. He also, I mean, he's keeping it tight, as uh, you straight yeah. men would say. So, Oh, yeah. I say that all the time about it. Absolutely. I think I like him as an actor. I think he's very skeletal looking. Oh, um, okay. And this is not, of course, now he's he's much older, but even in the 90s, 
he's always had that kind of, and it's part of is because he kept because there's hair no hair either. on him. Like a right, skeleton either. doesn't have hair, you know. But <laughs> it would be but weird if you saw a skeleton with hair. But it's not just the lack of hair; it's that you can see the indentations on the side of his skull. Yeah, and that's not everyone. No matter how shaved their, I've been head working is. out my temples. Yeah, my yeah, trainer says I'm making progress, but I'm not seeing it. All I Braden, see is, I'm not seeing it. All I see is the vein. <laughs> but I, I like I like Annette Harris. I like it when he plays bad guys. I, I feel like, like he's in, very uh, intense. Yeah, in general. Eyes. I'm trying to think of Ed Harris eyes. movies I've seen. Truman Show, Milk Money, <laughs> <laughs> Apollo 13. <laughs> <laughs> um milk what money what the audacity westworld uh yeah yeah he's playing the man in he's black in westworld. westworld he's very intense listen, in that one listen i'm gonna reveal something a little behind the curtain for our audience here we got nothing left about this movie we need to just watch it why don't you watch along with us we'll we'll make a decision from the present about our opinion from the past <laughs> yeah you know what yeah we'll do that okay Watch along with us. We'll be back. Yeah, it does start at six. What's that about? I don't know. Oh, there's five people in here now. That that can't be that's, us. No, that's... I don't understand. I don't understand. Hmm. Listen, Xanthopolis. Oh, yeah? You're playing by your own rules. I brought you on this squad, this yeah. crack squad of Navy SEALs, I guess. Uh, I want to say special ops. Is that special uh, ops? And Marines. They're all Marines. Remember, ah, we're Marines. You know, you're too busy playing by your own rules. I need yeah. your microphone, your gun, your badge on my desk. Do we have badges in the Marines? And report to patreoncom child is an idiot. Oh, see, I didn't even see where it was going. Which is like the Alcatraz of mm. places to. Oof, I am having trouble getting out of this one. In that it's mostly Just like a tourist Alcatraz. attraction, and there's sometimes seals on the rocks. But it's a great place to support a podcast. See, I can, I can get it back to the rock slash yeah, Alcatraz. Okay. I can't get it back to patreon.com slash your Well, you started at the rock. You already went to the rock. You started at was, Patreon, went to the rock. That's why it was so easy. It's not easy to get back. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't know if you really got to the rock. You're no. on the ferry. Yeah. You paid for your ticket. You may not even be on the ferry yet. You're in that awkward period where you bought the ticket, but the ferry's not back yet. So you're just like having to make <sighs> small talk with your wife's parents. And you're just like, like oh, yeah, like, it is a little cold. It's California. You always associate with heat, but it's actually a little chilly. Should have brought like, like a cotton sweater. Vending machines, but it's just like plain Fritos. Hey, what the hell is that about? Plain Fritos are fine if you got a dip. What Fritos should I be getting? If, oh, I swear to God, I will walk off this podcast. Chili cheese. Patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. It's disgusting. Wow, that's the worst commercial we've ever done. It's definitely not the best. <laughs> it's definitely not the best. Okay, I'm going to recap this movie. You ready? Oh, I was going to force you to do it anyway. So good. I want you to. I'll go ahead and mute. Is that okay? Not necessary, but sure. <laughs> I don't remember anyone's name in this movie. Oh, I know one name. Stanley Goodspeed. <laughs> is that a stupid name? Or? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that the dumbest name I've ever heard? Is that the origin of that? You see, or? he's good at speedily diffusing a bomb. He's a chemical weapons specialist for the FBI. He gets called because 
some disgruntled military vets who are mm-hmm. angry with the government's treatment of veterans, which fair, decide to take a bunch of tourists hostage on Alcatraz and they take over the rock, the, the titular, the rock. <laughs> and they have a bunch of chemical weapons. And so the government calls him in. Hey, we need a chemical weapons expert. We yeah. don't know how to infiltrate the rock. There's no one who knows mm. that the last warden mm. is dead. Mm. It's a tourist destination now. No one knows. Wow. You're really Except actually drawing me in. Keep going. Maybe for the an one elevator person. Yeah. The one person who has ever escaped from the rock. Wait, uh, no one's ever uh, escaped from the rock? Yeah, I just wanted to... Yeah, I was a little confused there because it's kind of known. You know about not, it. Okay. You don't right. know about okay, it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And his name is... Mm-hmm. Yes. I know his name. Yeah. Sean Connery. Yes, that was actually his name. Sean Connery has... Once he got to a certain level of stardom, he was like, all my characters. I'm Mason? The Tony Danza rule. All my characters will be known as Sean Connery yeah. going forward. Thank you. Mason? What is it? Taylor Mason? John Mason. John Mason. Scottish people are not a protected class, so we can do funny accents. I'll be doing Sean Connery, although I don't know any other people <laughs> in the world who That's have his fair. accent. It is not a Scottish accent. It is a Sean Connery <laughs> accent. So yeah. go fuck yourself. He agrees with some cajoling to help the FBI. <laughs> That's a good description of a completely arbitrary car chase. <laughs> infiltrate the rock to help. And Stanley Goodspeed, he's going to need to be on site. Every time you say it, it hits, me, it hits me anew that it's the, one of the dumbest names I've ever seen in a movie. Stanley Goodspeed, you yeah, mean? It's a dumb name. Detective agent special in charge, Dr. Stanley Goodspeed. I didn't go to seven years of good speeding school just to be called Mr. Goodspeed. <laughs> They go on the rock. Everybody else on the team is murdered by these <laughs> bad military guys. The good military mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. are murdered mm-hmm. by the bad military guys. Mm-hmm. And only Goodspeed and Mason are, are left. And yet they prevail somehow, mostly because the bad guys murder each other and yep. there's only bad, bad guys left and the good, bad guys are dead. And through a series of comical murders, Goodspeed and Mason prevail and they save the tourists do we even see them save the tourists is that just an assumed they're saving pretty much of the a tourists? non-entity they make a couple of appearances after act one it's like you remember the tourists just keep that in your brain we're not going to be going back to them anytime and, uh, soon hey goodspeed what happened to mason he's dead <gasps> wow and he was he really dead they had evidence of his body he was deceased he was vaporized aka he escaped to <sighs> somewhere mason but don't worry, he tells Goodspeed where the microfilm, which I had forgotten about by that point, is hidden in a church in Kansas. So we get a little, it's a little like nod Mexico. to the. Wasn't there a Spanish the priest? No, he was. He was speaking English. Oh. He was like, "You come back here." It was very weird, <laughs> but it was in English, and that's it. Yeah, Michael Bay joint, Bruckheimer produced, Don Simpson, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. I'm not laughing at the death of Don Simpson, but it, yes. Yeah, wow, wow. As my psychiatrist will tell you, I am a monster. When you think of Michael Bay, what do you think of? Oh, uh, you know, flowers, just beautifully progressive gender politics. I think of <laughs> strong characters, mm-hmm. stunning dialogue, mm-hmm. light on the action sequences. Yeah. He comes from the French filmmaking school. Oh, yeah. He's, he's definitely Michel a good, Godard acolyte. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. First off, I just want to say, 
titular, when you mentioned titular, the rock, uh-huh. I just want to say that has become a very cliche joke. It never fails to make me laugh. Referring <laughs> I love it to too. something as the titular I rock. I like also saying the titular, the rock. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bay, I think of this movie, even though this is the first time I've seen it in nigh on to 20 years, I say because I'm an old Western curmudgeon. Oh, pertin' ear. <laughs> and I think of Connor. Sure. Connor. And Transformers, possibly. I think I That usually... seems to be where his career has sort of been spiraling, right? Yeah, I usually Around think of that. Transformers. I think I didn't realize this was him. But this might be the platonic form of a Michael Bay movie. I'm not going to declare that, but I'm going to put that forward as a possibility. It is his own favorite of his movies. I'll tell well, you that. There you go. At least according to whatever 15-year-old filled out the trivia card on IMDb. It feels true, and isn't that the most important thing? In this current media age, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we can't go any further because we did mention Sean Connery's proclivity towards wife beating in the intro. While I don't think Michael Bay has ever been accused of anything so egregious, it should be noted that many of his female stars have accused him of just general douchebaggery, which mm. I feel like is not surprising, but should be stated nonetheless. Megan sure. Fox, probably the most prominent among them, who has said she had a terrible time dealing with him being yeah. just a lech on the Transformers set. That, I mean, Never doing anything- just- your honor, legally untoward, but just being a just a fucking creep in a verbal yeah. way. I mean, and that's a surprise to absolutely no one. Absolutely not. Because the women in this movie exist as sort of vessels for male pathos, but otherwise are indistinguishable from one another. Well, let's, I mean, we're there. Let's talk about the fiance. Like, what the fuck is even going on here with Dr. <laughs> Stanley Goodspeed has a the soon-to-be Ms. Mrs. Goodspeed, yeah. I assume. Because this is a Michael Bay movie, I can only assume she'll be taking his terrible name. Well, I mean, with a name like that, you gotta. I mean, I t- <laughs> if I married a woman, I would take her last name if it was Goodspeed. That's amazing. <laughs> DJ Goodspeed? Are you kidding me? DJ Goodspeed sounds like the name a good a DJ would give himself. I almost said good DJ, and I apologize. Good no DJ Goodspeed. Vanessa Marcel plays Carla. Hold on. I've actually got a character name. I don't know if it's ever actually said in the movie, but she does play Carla Pestalozzi. She's a good Catholic girl. She's gotten preggers from the good speed, from the good speeding. And presumably she got pregnant on a rooftop. That's the place we see them fuck in this movie in a very... It looks like a set from one of the Ninja Turtles movies we just watched. It is. It's definitely not a rooftop you've ever seen in your life. It's got beautiful skylighting and plants, and uh, it's a great place for a good short trip to Pound Town. I assume good speed applies to that as well. He's gotten it down to 45 seconds. He does take calls during the middle of fucking, just in case any future Mrs. Good Speeds would like to know. He will take a call from the office. In the midst of penetrating a woman, which yeah, is I don't know another that, I mean, charming trait that Nicolas Cage and Michael Bay have worked up for Mr. Goodspeed. I cannot pin down, and I don't think it's possible, but I cannot pin down exactly what his character traits are. I mean, that is probably my biggest. I mean, I don't want to get away from the the well-formed female characters of this movie, but right. the main gist of this movie is that it feels like Nicolas Cage is trying to portray a particular character, but it just feels like a loose bag of quirks that yeah. don't ever gel into something I would remotely recognize as a person. 
And I feel like this may be the beginning of the modern day, the memeified Nicolas Cage, because it's it's so bonkers, for lack of a better term. It's almost cliche to even try and describe Nicolas Cage's performance as bonkers. But especially watching something like Moonstruck a few episodes ago, and then watching this, I'm like, I mean, Moonstruck, he's also bonkers, but still seems like a person. And this, he's just a bag of tricks. Uh, yeah, you can tell he's like, pinning on some, okay, my guy doesn't curse so i'm gonna Mm -hmm. say geez louise and stuff which i i didn't even notice until reading it was just like so strange that all the dialogue in this movie is so weird that like that doesn't really stand out it more stands out that the other characters are like how the damn hell do you think you're gonna damn do that to like (laughs) you're just like just take another pass at this (laughs) nope you don't have to do this because he's like got kind of a not womanizing but like doesn't react the best when he finds out that his girlfriend is pregnant and that he's going to be a father. Yeah. While waxing, but while she walks in and says, I had a tough day. And he's like, let me talk about my day first, which was a great, another great intro to a male character as he talks over his girlfriend trying to express how her day went. He's naked and playing guitar. And then she tells him he's he's pregnant. Now, DJ. Yeah. You may not be an expert, but you're closer to an expert on the subject than I would be. Oh, yeah? What pregnancy test is just a glass vial with blue liquid in it? (laughs) Is that a brand that's available for purchase on (laughs) on pharmacy shelves? I mean, at first I was like, I wouldn't know. The people I'm doing things with don't have uteruses that I know of. So why? I also like that presumably- Why is it in this little glass vial? I know that it's like, it's a movie- they probably just wanted her to have something to show. But it's also like, she even said, like, I took a pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. It turned out positive. So I went to the doctor to confirm it. All good steps. That is, she Great. probably had a suspicion, a feeling. Maybe she was feeling a little queasy. Maybe she missed her period, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Took an over-the-counter in a mm-hmm. blue vial, I guess. Kept that test. Mm-hmm. Kept the blue vial of presumably her pee mixed with some chemicals. Mm-hmm. Sloshing around. In have the purse. it just in, just in your pocket. That little clutch. fifth pocket if you're wearing some Levi's. Yeah. And then went to the doctor. All good. The doctor's like, yep, you're pregnant. Then she came back, showed the vial. She's like, well, Her okay. testimony will not be enough for Mr. Goodspeed. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to need to see a vial of liquid you've miturated in. And what is her, like, because she does come back in the movie because she asked him to marry her and- he says yes eventually, kind of weirdly. Eventually, like at least like three or four scenes later, yeah. he eventually is like, yeah, man. Actually, I believe while uh, during the rooftop fuck, they yeah they they're, sort they're, of sort it out in a very unromantic fashion. Yeah, they're bumping uglies on mm-hmm. the roof, and then he gets the call from the FBI, which he does work for the FBI, so sure, and it does turn out to be a pretty important. But he also call. thinks it's a drill. Like he he says, True. I got to take this call while I'm inside you, but. I also think it's just a work drill, and it's not that important. Why don't you come with me to San Francisco? One is like, I'm sure it's important to answer the phone when the FBI calls, but you know, like, you how how much longer could it possibly be? Just let's, the bathroom let's knows just... that bathrooms exist. You might be yeah. on the toilet. Yeah. So anyway, he answers the phone, and finds out he's got to go to San Francisco, and so he's like, "Why don't you just come with me?" Because he, he still thinks it's hotel. a drill. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's really excited because he's agreed to marry her and she can go on this trip. She's like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then later we find out she's mad because he finds out what's going on exactly when he does get to San Francisco and he's like, don't come. And she's like, no, I'm coming, hangs up. 
But then it's a while later when she gets there and he's on the rock because he finds out he has to go to the rock, the titular of the rock. Mm-hmm. And the eponymous rock. She then plays the role of I just don't understand what we're doing with her. I believe that would be a statement the director would also have been saying. Yeah. Uh yeah, she it, sort it could of be plays really the effective, role right? Of the women in Armageddon, like uh, Arwen in Armageddon, where she just is supposed to stand in the NASA control room and sort of hope that the guys in her life are okay. Yeah. Is that also Michael Bay? Armageddon? I believe it is. I mean, I I think you're circling around the same thing I had. My problem with Nicolas Cage is like, I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be this like very specific guy that they brought on the team. I mean, plot wise, that is his role. He's brought because he's aware of this. Right. gas that can turn your insides on the outside or whatever it does. And but he also beauty. he also is a lover of women. He he will fuck you on a romantic rooftop. He's also a stunt driver, but he's also very nervous about going on this mission and very antsy and scared. But he'll also, you know, threaten you with a gun even though he has no training with guns. He's also a beetle maniac. He also will quip while killing guys, even though presumably he's never killed a person in his life. He's yeah. just like all over the place. And actually the thing I thought about while I was watching the <laughs> stupid, although impossibly the best way possible, car chase that's in the middle of this movie is that sort of the complaint that guys have about the Mary Sue type characters in movies. I remember learning this term when Ray became a character in The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. She's too good too quickly. She's too good too quickly. This idea that, and and then this is a sort of a, a, yeah, a slur a Sue, sort of sure. thrown around at almost exclusively female characters. But Nicolas Cage is a total Mary Sue in this. Yeah. Like he's supposed to be this bomb diffuser, essentially, that all of a sudden is able to keep up with cops and the FBI during a car chase through San Francisco. Finally. And finally, able we to, get a like, car chase in San Francisco. <laughs> finally, this city's been begging for it. He like is able to competently drive in a way that's very reminiscent, of course, of Michael Bay's other movie, Gone in 60 Seconds. I think that's Michael Bay. It's at least Jerry Bruckheimer. And it's so ludicrous that he, like, I, I don't know what this character is supposed to be. It just feels like they went to the characterization store, put their arm yeah. in the shelf, and just like walked down the shelf with their cart and just put everything into it. He's just all over the place, and I didn't know what I was supposed to be feeling towards this kid. Like the moment where he's like, he's on the helicopter going to the rock, and he's like antsy and nervous. I'm like, okay, maybe I've got a bead on this guy. Right. But then it seems like Nicolas Cage is just constantly screaming and being like, sort of antagonistic in a weird, brave, quote, quote, way with the villains and the enemies. And I'm like, would you be like that if you were so nervous about going on this mission in the first place? Like, I do not understand what you're supposed to be. And like, Sean Connery is playing Sean Connery out of the box. And that's fine. Like, Sean Connery does it. He's basically playing, what if James Bond had been imprisoned wrongfully for 30 years? And he kind of pissy about it. Yeah. yeah. And it, he plays that James Bondish character very well. And he does it with a plum in this movie. But Nicolas Cage is so all over the place that I don't know what I'm supposed to think about him. Well, the weird thing is, it's not like they didn't spend time on it. It feels like whenever you see a really intricate piece of art <laughs> that someone uh-huh. spent a lot of time on, like it's made of ketchup packets or something. And you're like, 
I know you worked really hard on this, but I don't get it. <laughs> right. No, yeah. You're, it feels like it's like doing a jigsaw puzzle with my mom and I'm just watching her put two pieces that just clearly do not go together and she just sort of like... I'm like, no, this isn't a character you've created. These are just pieces that you've just sort of yeah. shoved into each other and you're hoping that that will work. Like if Nicolas Cage had sort of just played it boring, <laughs> I guess it would be more forgettable, but I would understand what this character is supposed to be. But this is just, it's oddly transfixing to watch. There's a weird non-resentment that I have towards him. I never know what he's going to do next. And I don't mean that in the way that people would usually mean it. I mean <laughs> that he just seems completely different from scene to scene. Yeah, it's not just like he changes over the course of the movie. It's no. literally from sentence to sentence. <laughs> it's completely different. It makes me miss his characterization in Con Air, if that tells you anything. <laughs> Put the bunny down. Well, that was, I mean, the other thing in Con Air... I mean, the women, again, in this movie are very mistreated because they are literally there to exist to give these men some sort of backstory and pathos. Whereas I'm not saying that Michael Bay treats women better in Con Air. They sort of fill the same role there yeah. as well. But at least they're integrated in the story in a little bit more natural way where Nicolas Cage and Con Air has been sent to prison after killing men, defending his wife, and he wants to go back to his wife and his young daughter. That is like the pathos of that movie, but it's like integrated seamlessly into it. This just seems like Sean Connery going, I want you to see your baby. I don't want your baby to be born without a father. And <laughs> there's this whole car chase through San Francisco that just ends with Sean Connery revealing, oh my gosh, Claire Forlani is my daughter and I never got to meet her. Do we ever see Claire Forlani for the rest of the movie? No. Not important. She's yeah. just there to be a vessel of emotion for Sean Connery. And just like the barest hint of it. Claire Forlani, by the way, I did consider one of those that guys in this I was movie. Gonna say, which is a movie rife with that yes. guy. She is one of the female, few female that guys in this movie. Let's get to it. I want to get to that. We both recognize that this is a extremely recognizable character actor filled movie. It is and pushing the limit, the legal limits of the amount of that you guys you can have in a movie. That guy, the movie, as you, <laughs> you uh, named it. Here's what I've got listed. I'll just yeah. list them off. Willie Garson, probably best known for Sex and the City. He's briefly out of focus Very, in a scene. Yeah, yeah. Philip Baker Hall, Lieutenant Bookman, the library detective yes. from Seinfeld, and in many other, I believe also The Truman Show with Ed Harris as well. John Spencer who is Leo Garrity from Leo. the West Wing, who is the, I don't know, the guy He's in the, the terrible tuxedo of the at the beginning. Yeah. David Morse, who's the baby-faced yep. bad guy, sort of Ed Harris's right-hand man. The guy from the Green Mile and- Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. What else was he in? Hurt Locker, Contact. Oh, yeah. He's great. Oh, yeah. He's great. Michael Bain, probably best known for Terminator, but he was also in Aliens. Never makes that of a movie alive, that Michael Bain. He's the, the he's a proto-Sean Bean. He's not, if you have Michael Bain in a movie, he's not going to make it to act three. Michael, I don't know that guy. Let's see. He is up. sent by John Connor to alert Sarah Connor about oh, the Terminator. Yeah, he's yeah. the sort of uh, six out of 10 guy that is sent. 
He's also in Aliens. He's the six out of 10 guy that Sigourney Weaver ends up with, dies during the interstitial between Aliens and Alien okay. to the third power. You got John C. McGinley, best known from Scrubs. Scrubs, yeah. And uh, he's one of the Bobs in Office Space. Oh, yeah. Tony Todd, best known as Candyman. Yes. Anthony Clark, I wrote that name down. I think he's the Steve Zahn, the not quite Steve Zahn that we get at the end. Oh, yeah. Was he? I recognize him from something specifically. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Anthony Clark is the gay barber in that very touching, a GLAAD award winning (laughs) scene of Sean Connery getting a haircut from a very effete barber. He just wants- Or hairstylist, as he would have said. He just wants- Sean Connery to be happy with his haircut. That's all he wants. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Call me a homophobe and send me to hell. That line did make me laugh. That was pretty funny. <laughs> and also is totally something I would say, even as a straight man, if I were, you know, cutting people's in hair. That, in that situation, I'm terrified for my life. I just hope you're happy with your haircut. <laughs> William Forsyth, who is just yes. like if cheekbones could become a person. Dick Tracy. He was in Dick He's Tracy. He's a very Dick Tracy. top. Is it? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that is. Oh, my God. Claire Forlani already discussed. A name Mall I rats. know from the that's 90s. What she, that's okay. What I know from. All right. And she's the love interest in Mall Rat. Or, uh, okay. Mystery Men. And meet Joe Black. Oh, okay. She's one of those names that, like Rebecca Gayhart, that I'm like, I know you from a decade, and that's all. I know you're a person from the 90s. Gregory Sporlitter? I don't know how, if that's how you say his name. That's the guy that I recognize. He's kind of the not Steve Zahn. And ah. he, I recognize him mostly from Renaissance Man, the DeVito joint. Oh, uh, Renaissance. In, oh, favorite of Harry Xanthopoulos. He was apparently in Twister, too, but I don't remember what he played in. He Twister. actually looks like if Steve Zahn and Will Forte had a baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good luck, fellas. There's so Parenting's many. There's so hard. many. There's oh, and so my many. last one was Danny Nucci, who's probably best known for me, for being the Italian Fabrizio in Titanic, ah. who screams out, Bastardo! Uh, at someone, which I really appreciated. He doesn't make it out of this movie either. Sorry. Oh, and Steve Harris. Who, who's that? He's the bald he, black guy who's, he's been in a lot of Oh, he's in Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I know him from that. But I think he's been in a lot of things. Been in a lot of stuff. Tyler Perry's Diary of a Mad Black Woman, The Practice. He's the boo hiss, like evil villain of an ex husband in Diary of a Mad Black Woman. He's the man who drives the woman mad. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good for him. So, anyway, I'm sure we didn't get exactly everyone, but that's what we're talking about. That's the volume of character actresses. Yes. And you don't know any of those names, but if you Google yes. those names and you're around our age, you will recognize each and every one of those yes. people. It's hard to get past because there's so many of those that guys that as you're watching, <laughs> you're just like, oh, where do I know that fucking guy from? That guy. Uh, and pause you the movie stop. again, Tyler. Yeah, I exactly. got to look up this guy. I wish I had written down more dialogue because I mostly The dialogue wrote- is deranged in this movie. Because let's, well, let's talk about Ed Harris's character for a second, because <laughs> the movie starts with, what? he's the presumptive villain of the movie. He's the one that takes the people hostage. But before that all goes down, we see him visiting his wife's grave, mm-hmm. and he says, I miss you so much. There's something I got to do, Barb. Yeah. Which is something I want to say. I want to work that into my vernacular. You're going to have to get married to a woman named Barb. No. Let I'm her just die. Say <laughs> And also plan to have done something that you couldn't have done while she was alive. 
I've known a couple of barbs in my life. I could stand some more. He leaves his Congressional Medal of Honor on her gravestone. Mm. He's got so, 15 purple hearts. He's ugh. been like, they, they love to uh, list I, Hold things. on. Before we get to that, because that scene is also deranged, I want to point out, and this is nitpicky, and I'm being bitchy, and I will readily accept that. Oh, you're so catty today. Oh! It is raining when he leaves, of course, his Congressional Medal of Honor on Barb's sure. stone. It's also partly cloudy if you look behind him. <laughs> Sorry, Michael Bay. That's not how rain works. That is catty. Oh, <laughs> where's he coming with this? Michael Bay is also like throwing out a fan and fanning himself. <laughs> yes. The, so that scene when Ed Harris first takes over The Rock. Sorry, there's another that guy. The guy that plays oh. Tuco in Breaking Bad. Oh, I don't What's know Breaking Bad. Who, who is that? Tuco? Tuco, he's like one of the villains in, in Breaking Bad and uh, is played by... Oh, I see now. Raymond Cruz. He in the- Oh, in yeah, this, he's- He's, he's just one of the soldiers, one of the bad Is he one soldiers. of the good ones or one of the bad ones? He's on the bad guy team. He's on the bad team. Yeah, I think I recognized him as the cute soldier, bad soldier. And he, he doesn't make hey. it very long. No, you know, he doesn't- uh... The pretty boys in these type of movies don't last very long. I've noticed in my many years watching these terrible action movies. <laughs> Ah, you had the pretty face. Uh, Oh. Sorry, you were talking about Ed Harris. Sorry. So when he first takes over The Rock, (laughs) there's such a stupid scene of him basically doing a Zoom real quick (laughs) with most of the cabinet and the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And Tyler kept asking, where is the camera he's looking into? Because when we would see him in Alcatraz, he would just be on the phone, but then when we would be in the war room or whatever, he would be looking directly into a camera, and we're like, where is this camera located, Ed? (laughs) That's also catty. But there's this scene where the president's chief of staff is like, hey, what's the deal here? And he's like, who are you? Name and rank. And he's like, "Uh, my name's David Poindexter, and I'm the chief of staff. (laughs) And he's like, fuck you, or whatever. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, there's no reason to be just attacking people just because they, there was a weird vibe of like, if you're not in the military, you can't talk to anyone in the military, which I thought would be like something that the movie was kind of showing what an asshole Ed Harris was. But then I realized, oh no, the movie's kind of on Ed Harris's side. So, okay, fuck off movie. Yeah. There can't be any civilian oversight for the military, I guess. Fuck off. But there's a guy, the chief of staff, after the phone call or before, who cares, uh, is talking to one of the Marine commandant or general or whatever. And he's like, yeah, he's got 1,600 purple hearts. He's got 1,200 medals of honor. You know, he's been commended by 17 (laughs) presidents. And he's like, well, yeah, he's also like, we can add kidnapping and extortion to his uh, rap sheet now, too. And the guy's like, "Uh, he's a fucking hero. And I'm like, no, what the guy just said is correct. He has now imprisoned like 50 civilians in a tourist destination and is threatening to murder a city. So I think we can maybe speak ill of him. I think this is one of the few times when we don't need the nuance of... (laughs) You know, a man's whole career, we can finally say, hey, I'm starting to think that that guy's a fucking asshole. He's a bit of a D-bag, I It's think. Osama bin Laden. He's a terrorist. Yeah, well, he's also from a prominent Arab construction family. So, <laughs> you know, how about you show some fucking respect? 
<sighs> he, you know, he was trained by the Russian army, so I don't know if you want to so, denigrate that. In a way, he's a soldier, so you want to make fun of the troops? Is that what you're saying? You're saying you don't support their troops. You don't support our or their troops, and the you're anti-Osama bin Laden, a human monster. Is that what you're saying? <sighs> it was but a- anyway, so Ed Harris's character is kind of complex in a Michael Bay movie sort of way. He- <laughs> Because he starts this whole thing. Yeah, this is his whole plan. He's going to take the rock hostage and he's threatening to shoot chemical weapons. But we learn later that he actually has no intention of actually doing this. He's trying to get- By learning later, we only learn it in act three. Like it's kind of the twist of the movie. Right. Their bluff has been called. So he launches a missile, but he puts in the wrong coordinates on purpose. So it goes into the ocean and presumably kills- a lot of marine life, right? I mean, these are still chemical oh, weapons. Oh, yeah, and I, I can't imagine that that gas being in the water is good, right? Because water evaporates yeah. and then that gas goes into the air, which was what we were so fucking worried about, right? Am I wrong here, Michael? Michael? Uh-oh, Benny boy. Oh, no. <laughs> Secrets. Am I? Is this the podcast happening right now? It is. <laughs> we are recording. Oh, God. And the the quality is going to be so bad because I'm just using my MacBook Pro microphone. <laughs> it's such a Special bad look guest. It's such a bad look. <laughs> I know. I'm in bed right now. You're in bed? Yeah. <laughs> I'm editing from bed. <laughs> Damon, Benny, Benny, Damon. Hello, Benny. How Damon, are you? Great to meet you. I feel like I know you so well. I've I imagine to... you've heard me screaming several times into a microphone. <laughs> I've listened to like hundreds of hours of you at this point, you know? <laughs> so what are we talking about? Uh, we're, we're talking, talking about, about The Rock and Ed Harris's very confusing plan for uh, getting honorifics for special ops people in the plot. I'm certainly not qualified to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I really should just leave you two to it. But it's so nice to join you for a moment. I'll let you guys it's nice decide. To, if, nice to meet you. I'll let you decide if any of this stays in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I, I noticed that so we went down, went to three, I'm like, this is it. Because we've been paranoid about this number in the corner that's like, changes from time to time, from yeah, four to a, five to six. It's and I was six like, right now. When, like, when, the, the, third, is when the third panel came in, I was like, here it is. This is when we find out everyone's been listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I see the number six, too. Yeah, what is that? Who are those who, people? Who is that? Well, you're the first person I've sent a link to I'm besides thinking, Damon. So. I'm thinking Putin. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. a given. I, I the NSA collectively. One of them. The NSA, yeah, the NSA has one link and Bill they all Gates. crowd around a laptop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they all want to talk about The Rock. <laughs> or actually yeah. just watch someone else talk about The Rock. Right. And silently just argue with us it's like twitch for watching movies you don't actually (laughs) watch the movie you just listen to us talk about having watched the movie cool i can't wait to uh join you guys again in the future thanks for you know all right yeah thanks for coming in benny see ya bye guys bye Bye. down to five now now we're down to five so ed harris so he sends the incorrect coordinates on purpose kills all the blue whales in existence Mm -hmm. but who was using them the rest of the bad men are like WTF, bro. What's going on? Okay. So it kind of revealed – and we we do get a hint of that early because in the initial infiltration of the rock, they make a point to tell us that those are darts 
that, hey, those darts are going to wear off any minute when they've shot a lot of guards as they get in. Oh, when they're actually stealing the gas in the yeah, beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're given a little bit of hint that this is a non-lethal operation. A non-lethal, as they call it in the, in the military. Yes, non-lethal. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so the good military boys yeah. come in, and they're caught by the bad military boys. Bad boys, bad boys. Yeah. What are you going to do? And also directed by Michael Bay, but go on. Yes. Yeah. And there's kind of a standoff and he's like, you know, stand down. No, I will not give that order. I said stand down. Uh, yeah. And so there's this kind of really tense situation. They're all pointing guns at each other. And then on the perch, one of the bad boys accidentally knocks a rock down, which sounds like gunfire. And so the good boys yeah, start, start firing at the bad boys. And then the bad boys kill all of the good boys, except for our heroes. Who were still in the sewer, yeah. They're in the sewers. And so that's when it becomes lethal. And he's obviously very disappointed by this, Ed Harris. Yeah. But, you know, the other guys seem pretty cash about it. They're like, we knew this might happen. Yeah. But that's before the rocket launches. So it's kind of weird to me that they didn't know. It wasn't clear that he was trying to do this not without killing anybody. But whatever. He also said there was money. So there's a million dollars for everyone. And then it turns out later there's not a million dollars. There's no money. Well, the president, they can't get the money from the government. And right. so in Act 3, when they're right about to launch the missile, when the time's running out, the arbitrary time that Ed Harris set, the government's asking for more time because they're trying to do this transaction. They're actually trying to comply, presumably? I don't know. It's not clear. No, probably not because they are going to bomb the island and they've got like a team. Oh. They had it. Well, Ed Harris is sort of torn because he, he doesn't want to do it. We don't realize that until later, but he's like, he has to stand his ground or else he'll look like he flinched. Can't have that. You don't get a purple heart. Yeah. And his team is very surprised when he like changes the direction of the missile. But I mean, Tony Todd, Candyman, makes a great point at one point where he's like, I stopped being a soldier when you hired me to like threaten a city with like sarin gas. I am now a mercenary. And the whole point of being a mercenary is that you pay me. Right. I don't take over tourist attractions just for the sheer thrill of it. For the honor. Me and Tyler had lost our patience at this point with the movie oh, because yeah. we were like, it was very much obvious how this would backfire. And Ed Harris seems so like confounded that these people who seem to be going along with a plan to become traitors to the United States and threaten civilian lives yeah. turned out to be really unethical fellas. Like <laughs> they seem to be in it what? for the money. Huh? How did this happen? And the movie is like really gung-ho and really trying to get me to care about Ed Harris, even though his plan is completely nonsensical. And even if it's for a theoretical good cause, which is like to get the honorifics and pensions back to the families of these men who had died doing secret operations for the government. Yeah. Like, what does the city of San Francisco have to fucking do with that? What does Alcatraz have to do with that? I mean, I hate to bring it back to Con Air, but I mean, because it's like Michael Bay's next film after this, and it follows a lot of the same beats, that movie doesn't have to like do a lot of legwork in trying to explain it. Not that this movie does a lot of legwork trying to explain it, (laughs) but those guys are in prison. Of course, they want to get out of prison and they're all dangerous. Like you don't have to like do a lot of running around that this movie tries to do in trying to make Ed Harris into a sympathetic individual, even though literally everything he does is unethical, egregious, like murderous, evil stuff. 
But it's like, oh, but it's for the soldiers. And I'm like, he's right. threatening a fucking city full of civilians. Like if it's he had like taken the over the Thanos Department of right Defense, thing, like you know? that, yeah. If he had taken <laughs> over the Department of Defense, okay, like this at least military, gels yeah. in some way. But you're just Kinda. threatening a random city. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm supposed to give a shit that, oh no, your guys turned on you. Yeah, of course they did. You just signed their lives away. Their entire like military lives have been signed away for your like weird Quixote like endeavor to, I don't know, get the government to do something. Do back pay for Yeah, do back pay ops. for special ops guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then they all shoot each other in one fell swoop. <laughs> It reminded me in The Lord of the Rings when Frodo's been kept in that tower and the orcs just start fighting with each other and Samwise just has to like go up the tower and get Frodo. It's like, okay, I guess we just sort of hang out here. Me and Sean Connery are just going to watch you all shoot each other in a circle and then we'll just take care of the last two of you. Yeah. Anyway. It's a dumb plan. It's a really dumb plan. And I feel aggrieved that the movie wants me to sympathize (laughs) with Ed Harris even though he's doing reprehensible things. I think it's very important to point out. <laughs> that Can't wait for whatever this is. <laughs> that in the rock cinematic universe, <laughs> uh-huh. aliens are real, like yeah. as listed by, so what's his name? Mason. John Mason. John Mason's original crime, or one of the reasons he was like wiped off the planet was that he had this microfilm that had a bunch of, things on it. As I understand it, he hasn't actually committed a crime. He just knows so many state secrets that they wanted to sort of neutralize him and they just put him in prison forever without any trial or anything. And at one point, one of Nicolas Cage's flunkies is researching him and they see that he exists, but they don't see his record in prison or, or record of transfer or whatever. Like he's just sort of been imprisoned because he knows too much, essentially. Is that correct? I think so. And he's got a a microfilm of some sort with, I guess, a lot of disparate things on it. (laughs) And one of the things they listen is the Roswell alien landing. And then they just, it's a laundry list that Leo McGarry is going through. (laughs) And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. In this universe, and this is not like Independence Day where it's pertinent to the plot. Right. We're just sort of breezing right past that. In this universe, aliens are real. The Norse pantheon is also real. <laughs> there are arms dealers who have become supermen. That's also real. What else you got? Oh, and Thanos has a glove with all these little gems. That's probably also real. There's probably yeah. a picture of one of those gauntlets in here. Yeah, it does harken back to a more innocent time when conspiracy theories are just sort of a flight of fancy. We're just having fun thinking of how well, these things might have worked out. Certainly won't lay the foundation for the fall of the Western world. <laughs> We're just having fun. Can I? I really would like to do some quotes. Can we talk about the car chase and then do a quote roundup? Sure. Yeah. First off, I have a question. Was that Sherry O'Terry dressed as old lady drag where that almost gets hit by Sean Connery? Because it's so obviously not a real old lady. I know. It's just like a teenager. At it like must a, be like a Michael Bay's funny niece dance. or something. Like, it why? was terrible. You're telling me there's no extras? It looked like when Bugs ladies? Bunny dresses like an old lady. Like it was already an outdated <laughs> version of an old lady. Like shawl, wig, hat. It was so she kept just being out like, of control. Old, trying to get her scale. She kept trying to say it <laughs> so she could get paid. 
old. <laughs> she just had to keep saying you're old. This car chase is like, I know this is 1996, but this was already ridiculous in 1996. It's not like, hey, let's excuse this because this was almost 30 years ago. It's like it was something you would parody then from the very word go because it's got, it's got the old lady. It's got yeah. the San Francisco Hills. It's yeah. got the unnecessary and unexplainable explosions. It's got a <laughs> cable car or uh, what are those things in San Francisco? The trolley, trolley, yeah. The trolley. A trolley doing things that tr- <laughs> no physics would allow trolleys <laughs> to do. Yeah. A very angry trolley driver. This is a very stupid car chase. Yes. Please let the record show that I believe that. I really enjoyed this car chase. It was very dumb, but I don't know if I've ever seen a car chase that makes me think. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's absolutely pointless to the plot. It felt like if they didn't include it, the movie would have been 69 minutes long and wouldn't be (laughs) legally considered a feature film. (laughs) Like they had to get something in there. So the, the premise of the car chase is that as Sean Connery, as a more likable Hannibal Lecter, has decided to work with the FBI to help them free the rock, he escapes from his sweet hotel pad they've been keeping him in and steals a man's Humvee and starts careening around the streets of San Francisco, baby. And the entire FBI chases after him. Nicholas Cage, previously nebbishy bomb diffuser, now stunt driver. <laughs> Steals a man's Corvette and starts chasing after him. It's choppy to the point of feeling like it's parodying choppy car chase scenes. Yes. There's shots that are just hand cam zoom-ins on Sean Connery's face, and I'm supposed to believe that my brain is supposed to trick me into thinking he's careening around San Francisco. It works 75% of the time, but watching it a second time, I'm like, you're just tricking me into thinking he's doing anything. You're just <laughs> zooming into his forehead. I will say this about Michael Bay's he car just, chases. Every and time we he cuts him, in, he just goes, shh. <laughs> He's just trying to make an S sound, and it just sounds like an SH sound. <laughs> I hope you have insurance. An actual line from this movie. Michael Bay does a good job of breaking up the monotony of car chases with weird Humor. comical moments where you watch a trolley fall on its side and careen down a hill. And then the trolley driver being upset that this has happened, not concerned for his own life, but just mad at the situation. You get to watch a presumably Berkeley student tell Nicolas Cage that, oh man, you really uh, fucked up your vet. And then (laughs) Nicolas Cage steal his electric bike. There's weird moments like that that are peppered in that like break up monotony for me, which monotony being the car chase, which I found as good as any other car chase. But I think he does a good job of like making it oddly thrilling, even though my brain is like, stop beating so fast, Hart. This is the dumbest scene we've ever seen. And it's 45 minutes into the movie. No one of import is going to die or get injured or this will have no bearing on the plot. This is just a scene. And it ends with him just like, oh, I just wanted to see my daughter. And I was like, okay, could we have done that like with a line rather than, you know, a car chase <laughs> where thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of damage were done throughout this major city? But I mean, I was concerned for the safety of the trolley. I mean. Oh, yeah. There were plenty of tourists on it. But are they more important than the tourists in The Rock, DJ? Also, at some point, the trolley is empty, like when it careens down well, that's the great the thing street. about a trolley. All the doors are already open, so you can just sort of gently fall onto the street and not 
be blown up and engulfed in flames. But it's just weird to like get so many close-ups of the trolley driver and then not like any of them kind of getting off the trolley, just them being on the trolley and then angry and then an empty trolley like careening through everything. And then just the trolley driver being like, damn it, I'll kill you or whatever. He has some like (laughs) weird lines. Oh, and also Nicolas Cage finds a shortcut through a mechanic shop, I'm assuming. He breaks through a window that says, if you break it, we fix it. And he breaks through that window. Isn't that funny? I still don't understand that. Can you? See, he drove, he's in the mechanic shop. He drives into Mm -hmm. it from the back way. And then he sees a window ahead of him that would put him, I guess, on the street that Sean Connery's on. How he knows what street it is, I wouldn't follow. And he sees it and he goes, oh, why not? And he crashes through it. But the window, you see, it says, you break it the car, presumably in the window's view, mm-hmm. we fix it, we being the mechanics in the shop. But he mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. broke the window, sort of changing okay. the whole paradigm of mm-hmm. what the window is saying. Do you see what I mean? So you're saying it's a layered interpretation. It's a commentary on capitalism. Yeah. Something I gotta do, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a terrible written song. Let's get those quotes. I forgot, th- I didn't write down the rest of it, but just when Nick Cage calls, says something, calls him an a-hole. That is after the car chase? Hey, yeah, the- a-hole! Yeah. yeah. And then just a lot of great Sean Connery lines that aren't actually great lines, it's just that he says them. Like, he lets mm-hmm. Goodspeed, Stanley Goodspeed, Dr. Stanley Goodspeed, into the helicopter first. He says, after you, Aish. <laughs> I just love that. Have a nice day, he says before he goes into the suddenly exploding furnace- mechanical thing (laughs) oh yeah when he has to go through what looks like a mario brothers level that he has to roll through to get into it's very galaxy quest why is this here (laughs) it is very nonsensical and why is it still functioning for not only a prison that's no longer in use but a tourist attraction that has been sort of shut down for the day because of the terrorist attack it also i mean why does it have gears and flames? Like, what is that device? And also, like, it doesn't seem like wintertime when this is going down. <laughs> well, you know, at night it can get a little chilly in San Francisco. This is not necessarily a funny line, but I just the... So they were, I guess, the code name for our good boys squad, not to be confused with the... Bad boys squad. The bad boys or the worst boys, who are mm-hmm. the bad boys who are even worse and kill the bad boys. Bad boys for life, one might say. Yeah. Sir, the eagles have breached the tunnel system. You see the <laughs> the mixing of eagles and then breaching tunnel the tunnel system. system. It's just, I don't know why that made me laugh. We'll have one metaphor for them, but be very clear about what has been breached. I assume you got losers always whine about not having enough time. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Mm. I like a line like that because it tells me, hey, Damon, this movie's not for you. No yeah. one was considering yeah. your experience when making the film. <laughs> I did like when Goodspeed says, he has all the guns now, sir. Because <laughs> he took the gun from him. There is a really overwrought scene near the end when Candyman is fighting with Nicolas Cage. And Nicolas Cage has diffused one of the missiles. He's pulled all the string of green gaseous pearls and has removed the microchip, but the The rocket is still there. And the camera really wants us to sort of notice that the rocket is pointed directly at Tony Todd. And Nicolas Cage says, 
<laughs> delightful Bon Mott. He says, hey, do you like Rocket Man? And Tony Todd says, I like hard shit or whatever the fuck he <laughs> says. Something no human being would say in that situation. Even me, who likes Rocket Man, would go, what? What are you saying? Was- I'm sorry? You mean the Elton John song? What are you? Why are you talking about this now? And then... You, the audience member, has already decided what's about to happen because yeah. the camera well, work has like pretty much underscored it. We yeah. mentioned Rocket Man. He keeps looking he goes, at the fire button. <laughs> right. He keeps looking at it, flicking his fingers around, and he's like, because it's you. You're the Rocket Man. And then he fires the rocket into Tony Todd, who gets shot into San Francisco Bay. But then he says, <laughs> how do you like how that shit works? <laughs> What? All oh, right, just to make it, it the, what? every time a line is said in that scene, it just gets dumber and dumber. And it didn't start out really smart. It was just like, hey, here's a song that mentions rockets. And it's like, okay, now I just want to be clear. I'm going to be firing the rocket at you. Okay, I mean, yeah, maybe some people in the audience need that further right. explanation. Right. And then just in case you weren't sure, I killed you and I want to continue to humiliate your dead body that's half a mile away at this point. It's a really just great scene that shows me that I'm one of the smarter people in the room because this joke is stupid. I feel respected as an audience member. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. I haven't got my glashish. I just got to say that one. (laughs) Maybe I'm losing my sex appeal. When uh, Sean Connery's talking about being gang raped in a prison shower. I'm reminded that John Hodgman was once on some sort of I think he was on a game show or something, and he thought that the questions were a little too easy, and he was talking to the producer, and he was like, all these questions are really easy, and the producer was like, yeah, people like to figure it out. They don't want to be stumped, <laughs> and that's what I like about a lot of the dialogue in this movie, yeah, is that right. it's just really just making it absolutely clear that even the lowest common denominator will feel like a, a smarty pants going into this. I drive a Volvo, a beige one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, further like telling us, hey, this guy's real boring. I'm like, I just watched him drive a yellow Corvette through the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> I don't think that really works anymore. <laughs> That's all I've got other than, so Alcatraz is the Adams Family House because <laughs> they have a whole minecart thing. Yeah. There's it was a battle very, with uh, minecarts. It's very Indiana Maybe Jones. there's minecarts in Alcatraz. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's an old prison. There might be a need to transport something via minecart before the pneumatic tube was invented. Sure. Yeah, it was very Indiana Jones. Also, this movie like gives you the false impression that rolling through... Well, you, he doesn't roll through flames, but he rolls beside flames, and that still seems terrible. Seems very hot. It's very hot. It also, in that minecart scene, it shows them like crashing through wood. And I'm like, that hurts. Have you ever hit wood with your (laughs) body of any part of your body? Have you ever stubbed your toe or something? Like, oh, just put your head down and use the top of your head where your brain lives to hit the wood (laughs) to break it. It's very pointy up there. Sometimes. If you were born vaginally, sometimes there's a little Mm -hmm. peak to your head. Before the fontanelle grows Oh, yeah, before it closes up. (laughs) Uh, one last thing and I think this is I like a title card that tells you exactly what movie you're in and The Rock is engulfed in flames when the title card comes up it's not just like Times New Roman The Rock no it's literally on fire which I appreciate not to mention we got a very Pulp Fiction-y stab your heart with this the sarin gas or whatever the MacGuffin gas causes you to break out in horrible pimples and then kills you (laughs) 
but it can be stopped if you stab your heart with this uh or slightly below your heart if you're Nicholas Cage which i feel like <laughs> which i feel like is not something you can trust yourself to do it feels like yeah. you'd have to get a third party involved but it's in there and it's only 2 years after pulp fiction so you can only imagine that michael bay's like yeah put that in there too yeah that's pretty cool <laughs> What do you think of the film? The Rock. I don't know if this is the... (laughs) Uh, We've had plenty of lead up time for you to make a decision about this film. I don't know if this is the worst movie or the best movie. Because, don't get me wrong, this is very, very bad. But also I had a very good time watching it (laughs) because it is so stupid. It's not good. Your inner child is an idiot. I can't in good conscience say this is a good movie, but I also- You can't sanction this buffoonery? I cannot sanction this buffoonery, but I want cross stitches of all the dialogue (laughs) surrounding in my home. I want to buy them on Etsy, and I want this entire room covered in them because the dialogue (laughs) is absurd. It's complete lunacy, the whole movie. Nicolas Cage's performance is unhinged. Sean Connery is fine, but he has a lot of great lines, mostly due to his accent. Which is, have a nice day. You're a child's idiot. This is a bad movie. You should not watch it, but also maybe you should. You know what movie this is great for? What? Either if you're younger and you're in school or you get an unexpected day off. A sick day? A sick day. Or a snow day? Snow day. A last minute, you know what? I'm taking today off. That kind of day. I don't think that's how school works. You know what? I'm calling in. Mrs. Johansson, I'm not coming in today. Oh, what? I can be arrested. Okay. All right. I was expanding it to to I working see, yeah. folk. So this is good for that because it is stupid and yet enjoyable. And it, I will say this. It is too long. This movie does not need to be two hours and yada yada long. How long is it? It's like two hours, 15 minutes. How much of that is that car chase in the middle? One hour, 45 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. What is your verdict? I agree with you. In my notes, I have it as a perfect Saturday afternoon movie, which I feel like is the same gist. Like, I don't want to necessarily do anything. I could be doing something, but I won't. Even in the terms of the Michael bay Iverse, it is not my favorite Michael Bay. It probably put him on the map, but I think it's a little all over the place. As the listener could allude to, both in our episode about Con Air and the many times I've invoked its name during the course (laughs) of this, this recording, I prefer Con Air. I mean, it is a stupid movie. I also don't think it's trying to be a smart movie. It's no. like, hey, what if Silence of the Lambs was kind of dumb? And that seems to be the <laughs> premise of the movie is like, what if Hannibal Lecter was played by Sean Connery and wasn't a cannibal? He was just awesome. And that <laughs> seems to be the premise of the movie. Oh, I forgot to mention one thing. This is a very small thing. But when Sean Connery cuts the two-way mirror or one-way mirror, you know, the interrogation mirror. He cuts it with a quarter that he smashed and then he punches through it, but it just breaks like a normal mirror. It doesn't break where he cut it with the quarter. It just breaks like a mirror and it's very stupid. I'm like, why why didn't you just break it with your elbow since apparently that has no consequences to your skin? But I can't hold it again. I don't want to say your inner child is an idiot because I feel like your inner child also knew this was a stupid movie at the time. I feel like this movie sets out to do what it 
wanted to do, which was to stroke the egos of young cishet white men. And that seems to be what it does in spades. It is a very stupid movie, but I can't say that it does not accomplish its goals. You're in a child is not an idiot, but Whoa. I think there are better Michael Bay stupid films, much like Con Air or even Gone in 60 Seconds, which has the stupidity built into its premise. <laughs> Pearl Harbor 2. Just kidding. That That's a horrible national tra- tragedy, you monster, for even making a joke about it. What do you think, everybody? Email us, your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or text at 615-576-0525. Can we do our patrons in the voice of... Do you want to be Sean Connery or you want to be Nicolas Cage? I want to be Sean Connery. Okay, I'll be Nicolas Cage. We want to thank our patrons, including Travis Vance. Damon's Australian accent. Jonathan Day. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, Lindsay Nell. The Hands of Fate. Wait, it's turning into Keanu Reeves. Go on. <laughs> Dan McIntyre. Jackson has an unhealthy obsession with Damon. You know, your volume is not loud enough, but I'll allow it. Sometimes he whispers. <laughs> the elusive fan Gromkin. The supreme ruler of this podcast, a-hole. Shit on the cartouche. Now it sounds like I was saying sit on the cartouche. Right, that's so. true. That's the tricky thing. <laughs> that's the tricky <laughs> thing with Sean Connery. You just don't know what he's saying. Josh Frigo. Dramatically placed hot dog. This His is taking honor. too long now. I'm sorry. His honor the mayor. Beth Shermont. David Moore. Just cause. Scalphosaurus. Dr. Malcolm's heaving bosom. Particle Man. T. Smith. Karen Curd. The Zesty. Jeremy Powellin. That Larissa. was Keanu Reeves. Larissa Maestro. That was a good Sean Connery name. Larissa Maestro. You got all those S's in there. Heather Toggle. Thank you all very, very much. We really appreciate your support. If you want to support like them, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. And now Damon will oh. uh, <laughs> recite the Pledge of Allegiance as Nicolas Cage as we are played out. Thank you so much for doing that, Damon. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I feel like in such a nationalistic movie as such as this, where the military can do no wrong, it's best to end the movie with a Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. A Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United <laughs> States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands. One nation under God indivisible, with liberty, justice for all, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you get the, I think that- Hopefully- Was that the Pledge of Allegiance? I haven't said it since grade school, literally. (laughs) I don't know, I have not pledged my allegiance to any flag since then. Great job. Hand over the bunny. See, that's the Southern accent. That shows his range.